Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Tonight, well, this was not a vetting accident. I took five days off from reading the news. Five days off, I say. Five days of Thanksgiving mental health break. What are Republicans up to today? Were you like me? Did you unplug for the Thanksgiving holiday? Did you catch up on movies or TV? Did you did you catch up on sleep? I mean, are you are you someone who does a broadcast that that starts at what the fuck o'clock and goes to holy shit we're still awake o'clock and you decided to go to bed early at nine o'clock every night? Did you did you unplug from the news a little bit? Did you think, hey, you know what? These Democrats, they, they, you know, for all their flaws, they they pulled off a decent midterm, lost the House, but only by a handful of votes. They kept the Senate. Look at all these Donald Trump candidates who failed. You know what? It, the universe is okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna detach. From, did you did you try? Did you try to detach for a few days? It's okay. I'm glad you did. Welcome back. We're gonna ease you back in to the PTSD that is America. By PTSD, I mean pandemic, Trump shitstorm dystopia. We're gonna ease you back in here on a new week, the end of November, the beginning of December. A lame duck session of Congress began today. They released the poster for one of Ray Liotta's final films, uh, which is called Cocaine Bear. I saw Cocaine Bear trending and I thought, oh, they gave Donald Trump Jr. his indigenous name. Um, but the news we have to talk about at the top of the show is, of course, reading all the reviews from Donald Trump's holiday special, Thanksgiving with Nazis. Did you, did you read the reviews of it? <laughs> this wasn't a dinner. This was a pogrom. Now, now look, I, it's awkward, folks, because... It, there was a time when nice people, and I think our listeners are mostly nice people. We, we get a couple of trolls calling, and, and they're not very nice. But I think deep inside them, there's a nice person who, who wants to break out. But hurt people hurt people. You know how it is with Nazis. Um, there was a time when nice people didn't have to know anything about Nick Fuentes, the petulant Jew-hating incel child man. He existed on the Internet. Far away from the eyes and ears of decent folks. Well, not, I mean, not on YouTube. He got banned and deplatformed and demonetized for hate speech off of YouTube. And he was banned from Twitch and banned from Reddit. You know how hard it is to get banned from Reddit? You've got to, like, walk in with, like, a dead child wearing its skins to get banned from Reddit. But I, I, science can't confirm whether Nick Fuentes is a large child or a small man. But we can confirm any media that calls Nick Fuentes a far-right activist is too chicken shit to call him a Nazi. Because Nicholas Fuentes, honored house guest at Mar-a-Lago, is a white supremacist leader and organizer and podcaster. 
who, according to the ADL, is seeking to forge a white nationalist alternative to the mainstream GOP. The only thing Nikki hates more than Jews are the actual teachings of famous Jew Jesus. How did these guys come out and talk about Jesus all day and then hate Jews? I, I, I mean, can someone give him a complete part of the book? Nikki says white genocide is real, but he denies the Holocaust. He denies the election. He denies the existence of racism. He denies the existence of the female orgasm. Little Nikki wraps his bigotry in sarcasm and this little ironic, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this little banter, all giggling while spreading white supremacist propaganda from his shitty green screen studio in his mom's basement. He's born in 1998. I know a lot of young people who are wonderful and smarter than me, but I'm just going to say 1998, this little punk. I, 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 Chris Hauselt has porn older than this guy. Nick Fuentes will say culture when he really means race. He'll say American values as code for white nationalist identity. He is Satan's smug little prison punk. He's an infantile piece of Putin porn. He's a micropenist fascist flunky. Nick Fuentes is a hero to racists who think the Klan plays too much hip-hop. He's a white supremacist sent by God to mock the concept of white supremacy. This Holocaust-denying Fuentes, he's a big star in Trump world. If you're deep into Trump weeds, you know all about Nick. He was at the Charlottesville white supremacist murder clam bake in 2017. He enlisted people to be there on January 6th. He was there January 6th. He started the America First Foundation for people who find Charlie Kirk too academic. Marjorie Taylor Greene spoke at his white supremacist conference. So did Paul Gosar. Marge later claimed she didn't know who he was. Trump just welcomed this racist woman-hating. He's on the record saying women should lose the right to vote. This child man, Jew hater, was Trump's Thanksgiving dinner guest at his home. And now Trump claims he didn't know who he was either. You've heard the story by now. Kanye West just lost a billion dollars, so he needs to be around a bigger loser than he is himself. So he went to Thanksgiving at Mar-a-Lago, where celebrity is the only ethnic group that matters. And look who he brought with him. Milo Yiannopoulos and Nick Fuentes. Those two together. Can you imagine? It's like Satan's willing nipple clamps. And you've heard the details about Nick Fuentes saying to Trump, well, I, I right now think you've lost your way, Mr. Trump. You're, you're, you've gone too far and the GOP's too moderate. And you, but you could beat Ron DeSantis. You could crush him if you tried. You've heard the details. Trump said to Kanye, I really like this guy. He gets me. Well, this happened over Thanksgiving weekend, which made it very lucky for a lot of the GOP because they could play dumb and say they hadn't heard the news about what Donald Trump had done. But his advisors apparently were warning him that being associated with a racist and a Holocaust denier and a morally deficient scrotal clot like Nick Fuentes could, uh, shall we say, damage his brand even more and his fake 2024 presidential campaign, which, by the way, still doesn't have a campaign manager, still doesn't have a communications director. He's just squeezing more nickels out of rubes. And by the way, can I just say, if your job is a Donald Trump advisor... You deserve everything that's coming to you in this life and the next. But the insiders were telling The Guardian they were scared because Trump was completely blowing off all the advice. He was worried about alienating part of his base. And of course, the Republicans know a thing or two about not pissing off racists and Jew haters and homophobes too much, right? Trump then began trying out different messages all day Friday on social media. He did three different messages to diffuse things. Just enough, just enough to let it blow over. 
He, he wrote that Kanye showed up with three of his friends whom I knew nothing about. And you know Trump didn't write that because he used the word whom. That was Stephen Miller. But Trump didn't know. He always says he didn't know. Didn't know, Nick Fuentes. And he claims that Kanye uh, expressed no anti-Semitism, so it's okay. All the Jew-hating Kanye's given the world in the last two months doesn't matter to Donald Trump because he didn't say it at dinner. Now, the line about not knowing Nick Fuentes is proof that Donald Trump actually got scared enough to lie the bare minimum. I mean, is anybody vetting Mar-a-Lago attendance at all? Is anybody vetting who gets to sit at the former president's table at his hotel at all? Does the guy who is leading in all the polls for 2024, does he just sit down and eat with anybody who shows up at a shitty hotel? Right-wing former cop John Cardillo said on Twitter, nobody gets near a former sitting president under Secret Service protection without submitting their name and being vetted. Grow up. Nah, Trump knew who he was. They were at his home because he wanted them there. Because he values not their names, not their ideologies, not their ideas. He values their followings. And by hosting Nick Fuentes, Beelzebub's bellhop, down at Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump just gave white supremacists and Jew haters a massive propaganda victory. And of course, he tried to make it all about his own victimization. I didn't even know the guy. He's saying like Kanye West is a guy having a lot of trouble. So I invited him over because he's struggling so much. And I had no idea who was coming into my home and sitting at my table. Trump's been showing more and more anti-Semitism himself lately. Brazenly scolding American Jews for not loving Israel's right-wing Netanyahu civilian government the way he wants them to. He ignored Kanye's anti-Semitism, didn't care about Nick Fuentes' anti-Semitism. He knows he can. He knows it doesn't matter. He knows the Republican Party will cower in the corner. He knows the media loves the ratings he gives them more than they hate his evil. Donald Trump just took a big, fat, steaming, Big Mac stuff dump on the midterms because he knows the Republican Party will grovel before him no matter what he does. He knows they hate him and he knows they have no choice. And this was, again, Thanksgiving weekend, so it didn't attract much attention. It made it easier for Republicans to do their favorite activity, pretending they don't know what Donald Trump said or did over the last three days. And they're in a tough spot. The Republicans, they want Trump gone, but they need his base of increasingly more racist, slobbering goobers. The Republican Jewish coalition, <laughs> you know, sort of like cows for Burger King, um, they, they couldn't condemn Trump by name. They criticized the choice, but they couldn't say Trump's name. Uh, David Friedman, Donald Trump's former ambassador to Israel, tweeted to my friend Donald Trump, you are better than this. Even a social visit from an anti-Semite like Kanye West and human scum like Nick Fuentes is unacceptable. I urge you to throw those bums out, disavow them, and relegate them to the dustbin of history where they belong. Okay, Ambassador Friedman, number one, uh, he's never going to throw them out. Number two, he's not your friend. Number three, he's not better than this. And number four, if this is the first time Donald Trump's offended you, sir, you're not better than this either. What about profile and porridge Susan Collins, who voted to acquit Trump, who lied to her constituents that she would protect abortion rights and then rubber stamped his Supreme Court picks that the Federalist Society rubber stamped for Trump. She said, I condemn white supremacy and anti-Semitism. The president should never have had a meal or even a meeting with Nick Fuentes. Did he learn his lesson yet, Susan? By the way, he's not the president anymore. And notice she didn't condemn Trump. She condemned white supremacy and anti-Semitism. The president shouldn't have done this. Senator Bill Cassidy, 
he, he went viral today. He tweeted, President Trump hosting racist anti-Semites for dinner encourages other racist anti-Semites. These attitudes are immoral and should not be entertained. This is not the Republican Party, he tweeted. This is not the Republican Party. But oh, oh, yes, it is. Oh, it very much is. Donald Trump called Mexicans rapists and criminals, and he called for a ban of any Muslims entering the country, and you guys made him your nominee. He said the press was an enemy of the people. He said, lock her up, lock her up. He said, build the wall. You made him president. He stole immigrant children from their families. He lied to everyone you love in a plague, and you voted for him again. These people are all hood ornaments. Hood ornaments on the Nazi clown car they've been violently plowing through our country. And the Republican Party will survive Donald Trump. They survived George W. Bush, who was supposed to ruin the whole thing. They'll be fine for a while longer. They're terrible at governance, but they've got a black belt at getting self-loathing demographics to support them. Think about it. Log cabin Republicans. Blacks for Trump. Latino people who don't mind being called illegals, women who are dead inside, Jews who don't mind anti-Semitism. If you compliment right-wing Israeli politicians, the Republicans, great at getting the self-loathers. And of course, there's no easier group of self-loathers you can con than white, Caucasian, red state America, who will vote against their own safety from guns. They'll vote against their own access to health care. They'll vote against clean air and water for their children. They'll vote against their own minimum wage laws. They'll vote against improving labor laws. The right wing people don't read the quality of life indexes that come out every year that show us year after year after year. The red states are always at the bottom. They're at the bottom in things like health care at the bottom in income, at the bottom in life expectancy, at the bottom of education. They don't care because Republicans validate their prejudices. And that's better than a step up. They're not going to never know and they're not going to ever care that Donald Trump, several days after Thanksgiving, still has not yet gotten around to actually condemning Nick Fuentes. He hasn't done it yet. He's tried to work his way out of it. But he won't condemn him. And now you, you nice people who listen to this show, you nice people who deserve so much better, now you have to know who Nick Fuentes is. Now you have him inside your head. To my credit, I did not play any of his tapes. We thought about playing audio clips. I'm like, no, I, my impression's too good. Now you have to know who this guy is, this, this Nick Fuentes, this simian changeling child, this unholy bag of infected dicks, this chump. Donald Trump didn't condemn him, and he won't, because he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. But you know the truth, and you also know there are more of us. And that's all that matters. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. 
At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. No, no, no. What, what I said was the movie is coming out called Cocaine Bear. And I said, oh, I, I, I saw a cocaine bear. I thought Don Jr. had been given his indigenous name. That's a, that's a, oh, we're back on. Hi, welcome back. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John saying We're at 866-997-4748. It's hard to believe we're on the verge of the beginning of December, which means finally the 2022 election will soon be drawing to a close. And in honor of the upcoming uh, runoff election between incumbent Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock and wife abusing head injury patient Herschel Walker. Uh, there's going to be an amazing fundraising event that's going to be online featuring some of the funniest guys in the game, including Roy Wood Jr. of The Daily Show, uh, our good friend Alonzo Bowden, who's one of the funniest comics alive, and our own comedy daddy, Keith Price. It's going to be a volunteer-led event hosted by Ethan Hershenfeld and Reverend Barry Lynn on behalf of Movement Voter Pack. Now, if you listen to this show, you know Ethan. He's a terrific comic and a terrific actor and award-winning opera singer. He can play good guys or bad guys in pretty much any nationality, and he's been on everything from Boardwalk Empire to Blue Bloods to Damages to Gotham to High Maintenance. He's sung at the Metropolitan Opera. Uh, then there's Reverend Barry Lynn, basically the same career, plays a lot of bad guys on TV shows, but Reverend is uh, actually an ordained minister in the United Church of Christ. He was executive director for Americans United for Separation of Church and State until his retirement a few years ago. You've seen him on PBS NewsHour, Nightline, 60 Minutes, and read him in the LA Times and the Wall Street Journal. I am so thrilled to welcome two of our favorites who are now joining their special powers for good, Reverend Barry Lynn and Ethan Hershenfeld. Gentlemen, welcome back. Hello. Thank you. Hello, Thank John. you. Hello, John Fugelzang Nation. So excited to be back <laughs> it's after very, the apocalypse. Wow. It's very good to see you. But I think the very fact that we're having this event means that the apocalypse didn't come. It means that there's still hope. The Democrats have held on to the Senate. This is just really an election to find out if uh, Joe Manchin matters or not, right? I mean, this is this is a very positive event from the get-go. Absolutely. Right. It's, yeah, it's how far down the bench uh, Manchin and Cinema are sitting. That's what we're here to determine. <laughs> um, Reverend Barry, how did this event come to be? Well, uh, Ethan and I, who occasionally do uh, something on another podcast, which we won't mention, but we met that way. And uh, last you met on my show, time, I think you're talking about David Feldman. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about sure. David, David Feldman, Feldman, who's who's a self-hating Jew uh, and an awful <laughs> man. And, and you can tell him I said that. And you met on okay. my show, I think, before he poached both of you. Let's get. Let's well, get that's, clear. it's it's possible. But last but go on, time please. when in, in 2020, <laughs> uh, when there was the runoff for two seats in Georgia, Ethan approached me with the idea of using motor movement voter project and its extraordinary tactics to raise money for both John Ossoff and Reverend Warnock. And we had as a guest, uh, Guy Davis, a singer, blues singer, of course, the son of Ossie Davis oh, and yeah. Ruby D. And so we thought maybe we should do this again this time. And, and well, what, we what, Barry, what Barry left out is that we raised one billion dollars <laughs> and we and we saved the day. Yeah, and, uh, it was. I think it was a billion. But I have the I have the postcard from John Ossoff, <laughs> the thank you postcard from John Ossoff and his wife to prove it. 
to prove wow. that our event made the difference. And we're going to I want you to know to I, again. I hosted a virtual fundraiser for John Ossoff with his wife and a bunch of Broadway actors from my living room on Zoom. And I never got a card. So I'm very, very impressed yeah. with you guys. Jeez. Well, there you go. That just proves what I was saying. It was our event. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're hoping to do it again for Reverend Warnock tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Everyone is invited. Um, how can we get people uh, an invitation or the information about our fundraiser? That's the big let's question. let's let's start drilling that website right now. If we want to see this okay. event tomorrow, if we want to help Reverend Warnock, if we want to help the Democrats have a 51 to 49 advantage in the Senate rather than a 50 50 majority, which, by the way, will make 2024 a bit easier for Democrats. Ethan, where do we go yes. to uh, watch this event and help out tomorrow? So the easiest way to. Uh, find us go to uh, mvp movement voter project movement voter project and it's uh, their url is movement.vote that's www.movement.vote and on their website you will see the 7 p.m tomorrow night georgia runoff event being plugged and we will get you the link and uh you can you can donate without attending but you'll want to attend because as as you said john uh roy wood jr uh, alonzo Bowden, keith price I'll be saying a few funny things, guaranteed, um, and insightful things from the Reverend Barry Lynn. So it's uh, <laughs> you will think and you will laugh and you will save democracy. What more could I'm, you want out of a half hour? All this and 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 all these powerful, hilarious black men just just yes spitting truth out and making it a funny. And and I'm glad that we're still having events like this because I I, I got to be honest, I, I miss the pandemic comedy. I, I kind of miss Zoom comedy. I think it really, I've always said it became its own art form during the lockdown. Definitely. And I think that there's been, I, I've seen some amazing Zoom comedy shows and some comics really adapt really well to the whole format. Yeah, my favorite thing was the uh, crowd work where you get to, you know, talk to someone in the audience, but you have the advantage of having their name right there on your Zoom. That's right. Instead of having to kind of <laughs> just look at the front row and see a couple of faces. Uh, people were sitting ducks. Yeah. Let me, let me you know, John, the last thing I think I said the last time I was on this show, uh, you said say something positive because I had suggested that I didn't think Ohio, maybe not even Wisconsin, would go to the Democrats. And you said, That's well, right. say something. And I said 50-50. But now we have a chance to say 51. And that's well, the important that's big. thing. I mean, let me ask you guys what's at stake here, because obviously having an outright majority not just having Kamala Harris have to break all the ties. This will give Democrats more controls over committees. It'll help them move legislation uh, more quickly. And again, it's it's going to make Mansion and or cinema a lot less pivotal than they have been for the last two years. What what do you see as being at stake uh, in well, this I think special the, runoff? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is judicial openings because they can do that. They can do that with a simple majority. And in the event that someone leaves the Supreme Court and you have Manchin, who would be looking to find anti-environmentalists and might push back, Cinema, who, of course, I assume wants to be a lobbyist for the pharmaceutical Correct. industry, she'll push back on any judges that she sees as too patient friendly. But they don't have the same reasons to be jerks. And now... That's right. They just need to convince one to do the right thing. Um, Ethan, I would like what to do say, you think? Yeah, please. Um, my 
my emotional investment in this uh, has more to do with um, my feeling that it would just be an affront to our country, to our democracy, um, and to all the voters uh, to have someone like Herschel Walker uh, voted into the Senate, someone who's that unqualified, who's shown that level of dishonesty and incompetence. Um, and the, the idea of someone who's that unfit for office being voted in for cynical pol political reasons, it's horrific. So, uh, you know, for me, it's uh, I, I don't know if that makes it just a symbolic win but it's of it's of great importance that yeah we don't make that much of a joke out of the senate to have someone like herschel walker in office i mean barry i have to agree the notion yeah. that you can have this this man who is just i mean when you get the past the fact that he's corrosively ignorant he's also just historically dishonest i mean and and a guy who is violent to women and apparently this is just very acceptable to a whole lot of Republicans. Uh, you know, there's people who would never vote for Stacey Abrams who voted for this guy. And in many ways, he's the racist wet dream. He he fulfills every negative stereotype about black men as being violent and ignorant and absentee fathers who abandon their children, while at the same time, he's slavishly devoted to your right wing agenda. He, he's he's a racist wet dream. Are you are you at all shocked that it's come this far, Barry? Yeah, I am a little bit shocked. And I mean, I've been hanging around the Senate a long, long time. There was a guy named Senator Scott who was from the Commonwealth of Virginia. He only lasted one term. A major publication in Washington named him the dumbest member of the Senate, confirming that he decides to have a press conference to the next day to deny that he is the dumbest member of the Senate. If he and Walker <laughs> were both in the Senate at the same time, it would be such a close question. Yeah. You'd need a runoff. You need a runoff. Well, I mean, it's it's also it's a very scary time because, you know, we I began the show talking about Donald Trump's little beer hall putsch at Thanksgiving, uh, you know, a very a very Nazi Thanksgiving at Mar-a-Lago. We're seeing all this anti-Semitism suddenly becoming so much more acceptable. We've just watched the Buffalo shooter, uh, uh, you know, have his day in court after massacring people because we really like to have unstable 21 year old white males have machines designed to kill lots of folks really fast and on top of all of this the q nightclub shooting that just happened in colorado springs i've been so crushed watching some of these alleged right-wing christian pastors celebrate this violence celebrate this death watching a waste of donor organs reverend barry like jenna ellis yep. talking about <laughs> how those gay people are all in hell obviously jenna ellis has never been near an actual new testament enough to read it um i know you Correct. had some thoughts about what we're witnessing right now yeah and they there's been a lot of this uh, negative right-wing evangelical commentary about the nightclub shooting, usually linking the thought that gay people need rights with the fact that what they really want is to seduce children. And in fact, I saw one commentary a couple days after the event where the guy said, the reason this happened, the Q nightclub invited it because of the very next day, they were going to have a drag queen brunch, all yes. ages admitted. This yes. idea that you're going to connect this to child abuse, uh, that this is all a recruitment scheme is yep. so despicable that it's hard 
actually to believe that they can say the word Jesus and then say something horrible about the dead people. I mean, it's very important to remind everyone that every civilization on Earth that has ever kept records has the same data that the overwhelming majority of child rapists are heterosexual identified men. Gay guys have boyfriends, okay? And there's not a lot of trans women going into ladies' rooms. If a guy wanted to wear a dress and go into a ladies' room tomorrow, he doesn't need to be trans to do it. It's just, they can't find it. I mean, Ethan, as someone who represents almost every minority on Earth, because I've seen your resume, uh, I mean, it's just incredible how mainstreamed it's all become, how acceptable Um, it's all become, how, how stoking the liberal outrage over outright bigotry helps get votes now. Yes, and, I, and you, you hit on something really important there. I wanted to mention uh, when you asked what we wanted to talk about, and this, this subject came up briefly without getting too deep into it. As far as hatred, bigotry, and anti-Semitism becoming mainstream, I just wanted to comment briefly on, on that Dave Chappelle Please. monologue on Saturday Please. Night Live a few weeks ago, which to me as a comedian and as a Jew, he stepped straight into old school anti-Semitism in its oldest, most pernicious form. And here's how he did it from my point of view. Because I've seen people on social media saying, what's the big deal? What did he say? Here's what he said. He closed by making a comment about the Jews, the Jews controlling Hollywood. And then he made some quip about how I hope that they don't take anything away from me. The, The misapprehension, the pernicious misapprehension that he evinces there is that the Jews there in Hollywood are acting as jews the fantasy that that they're acting as a group with some group goal that it's a sort of cabal as opposed to you know what those jews are doing out there in hollywood they're trying to make movies they're trying to entertain people (laughs) they're trying to they're trying to make money they're trying to get fans they're trying to get likes on their twitter they're trying to do what people in lots of business are trying to do they're not trying to follow some jewish agenda that's what kanye believes they're doing that's what Chappelle suggested that they're doing um, and that's what's really dangerous this fantasy that they're they're behind the scenes trying to get something done and they're not telling you what it is and it's going to benefit them and it's going to hurt you no they're trying to make movies just like my grandfather who was a Jew trying to sell shirts and my mm-hmm. other grandfather was a Jew trying to fix springs on trucks and my dad's <laughs> a Jew trying to cure patients because he's a shrink and my mom was selling jeans she was a Jew trying to sell jeans I'm a Jew trying to get some jobs acting and to get some gigs telling jokes that's what we Jews are up to it's not so what dangerous. you're saying is you what you're saying yeah. is you represent a globalist cabal I, that, that's what I'm hearing <laughs> Ethan, a globalist cabal saying, right yeah. we we can't even get the family to agree on a single topic at the Thanksgiving table. You think that we're agreeing on some world domination scheme? It's laughable, and it's it would be funny if it wasn't so dangerous. Because yeah, when absolutely. Chappelle mainstreams that with a wink, he's, he thinks he's being really subversive and cutting edge and dangerous as a comedian by saying, I hope they don't take something away from me. No, he's just being a racist. Yeah. So, I mean, where do we go from this? Because you've got to be a little bit excited that now all the white supremacists and Jew haters and everyone that's ever harassed women, they were actually free speech heroes and they're being welcomed back to Twitter. I mean, it, we're, we're at a time now when, okay, the, the, the most plausible theory I can come up with for what Muskie is doing here is that if it is the Saudis who helped stake this $44 billion, it could this just be another movement in the 
global drive to eradicate democracy by taking out the electronic public square that is used by most Americans by ruining it and flooding the zone with bots and bigots and getting people to quit on mass. I've lost 20,000 followers in the two and a half weeks since Musk walked into that building. I mean, it just seems like there is no business model for showing up and destroying a place, borrowing 44 billion and then asking people to start paying for their free Internet service. I, I, I'm asking both of you as guys who are smarter and moral than me, more moral than me. Do you have any notion as to what and why is happening with Twitter? Because to me, it's either the guy's on coke or he's trying to wreck democracy. I, I, that's all I, I can get. Yeah, I think wreck democracy. You know, I was fascinated. Uh, I think I may have mentioned on your show once that of all the women Republicans in Congress, worse than Boebert, worse than Marjorie Taylor Greene, in my judgment, is Senator Marsha Blackburn oh, of yes. Tennessee. Yes. And Senator Blackburn and I used to do these uh, occasional, uh, it was a, a thing for about 18 months, comedy done by activists, members of Congress, and a few professional comedians. And she was she was mildly funny the first time, but then she only had one bit, How to Talk Southern, which I'm sure somebody wrote for her. And it was impossible to listen to it beyond that. But this is what she puts on Facebook today. Please, please. She says, Apple and Google currently have a stranglehold on companies and have used this leverage to lobby businesses like Apple's. And now we have Apple's alleged threat to remove Twitter from its <laughs> app store, further proving we need to run in, run out, big tech. I wrote her, a lot of people wrote her with the same question. Have you become a communist all of a sudden? Exactly. I thought free enterprise, oh, companies no. can do anything no, and sell anything can't. to anybody. No. But they're not really capitalists, Barry. You know they're not no, they're capitalists not. They're because not. they will turn on it. And they're not free speech absolutists. I mean, how, you know, Elon Musk, I thought <laughs> at first he just didn't understand how the First Amendment worked because a private Internet company that throws you off their free service has no power to silence you. You just aren't on their free service. <laughs> right. But I mean, you could make the argument that Apple's exercising their free speech rights of by course. not hosting this this app <laughs> on their app store. But again, it just seems like. It's all designed to troll the libs. It's all designed to make smart, moral people go nuts because that pleases the slobbering goobers that I guess Elon's decided he can he can live off their love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to corroborate uh, your math, by the way, when you said you lost 20,000 followers. Yeah. I proportionately I lost the exact same. I lost 12 so proportionally, <laughs> the, the math. Well, you didn't out. deserve so, yes. to lose 20,000. I did, Ethan. Can you guys give us the address one last time for tomorrow night's big event? Uh, movement.vote. Uh, movement.vote. And if you also want to just Google it, it's called MVP, which stands for Movement Voter Project. And the event is happening on Zoom at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. Quick break. We'll be right back with your calls on progress. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. 
Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Rhonda Handsome, what is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your work? Oh, they can hang out with me on Facebook at Rhonda Handsome Comedy, on Instagram at Rhonda Full, that's with two L's, and on Twitter at Rhonda Handsome. That's like a handsome man without the D. You don't need the D. You don't need it. Let's go to the phones. David is calling from the great city of Dallas. David, good evening and welcome. Thank you so much. How are you doing? How are you? I'm doing well. Just uh, amazed some of the stuff you're all saying. Like what? Oh, uh... I'm thinking it's great that you want to stick Donald Trump with the uh, Republicans uh, and never let him forget it, because that way people will realize that the times of lowest unemployment for all minorities happened under Donald Trump. Oh, but that's not true. Oh, it is. Oh, no, it's and, not. Can I ask you a question, uh, David? You're talking about the, un- the unemployment rate, right? Now, yeah. now, 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 did Donald Trump do anything? To, did well, he change any policies to make the unemployment rate so low? He made opportunity zones in the uh, uh, no. places no. where uh, no. people were being disenfranchised by the Democrat Party. David, it's uh, not called the Democrat Party. There's no such party as the Democrat Party. It's called the Democratic Party. Here's the facts, David. And I say this with respect to you. No, it is called the Democratic party. party. No, no. Now you're just calling names and you're better than that. Yeah, I know. I Under know. Barack Obama, under Barack Obama... The black Rachel and Latino un- under Barack Obama, the black unemployment rate was cut in half under Donald Trump, who followed Barack Obama. Obama's economic trends continued and those employment rates went down another point. And Donald Trump took all the credit for the unemployment rate going down on his watch when it was a continuation. Can you name any Barack Obama economic trend from his recovery that Donald Trump reversed? Can you name any? Because I, I can name all of them that he took credit for while he was just riding oh. uh, the wave of expansion of, 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 the, uh, of the recovery. Well, you know, uh, Mr. Obama said that the, these manufacturing jobs would not come back to America, and they started to, and then uh, Mr. Biden no, decided... No. Uh, Joe Biden actually brought back Amer- Joe Biden brought back manufacturing jobs with the PACT Act. Donald Donald oh, the Chips Act. I'm sorry. Donald Trump outsourced his own manufacturing for his merchandise to Mexico. He outsourced his own merchandise manufacturing to China because China. he didn't want to pay a living wage to American labor. He's a, well, you're his, a nicer man than building, him. His business is building buildings in America. And his, all he's a landlord. He's a landlord. He's a, he, he puts his name on. He doesn't build buildings. He puts his name on buildings that exist. He's a brand licensor. Can I ask you, just out of curiosity, can you tell me where Barack Obama was born, David? Well, he says Hawaii. No, 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 but David, I'm asking you, where was Barack Obama born, please? Where was Barack Obama born, David? 
Well, wherever his mama was laying. David, this is not a hard question. It's not hard at all. It's very simple. Wherever he, wherever he hangs his hat, John. He said he was born in Hawaii. David, I'm not asking you where he says he was born. We know where he was born. There's no mystery where he was born. There's no controversy where he's born. Well, I'm asking you, even, where was he born? Why is it even, why is it even relevant? Are you I'm able just... to answer the question, David? Because I'm trying to find out if you value Donald Trump's lies and racism more than you value the truth. So I'm asking you for a fourth time. Where was Barack Obama born, please? I don't know. He was one of the most racist presidents ever, Barack Obama. David, where was Barack Obama born? <laughs> I don't know. You see, Rhonda, they can't answer the question. There's no mystery. There's never been a debate. His wife said when they were in Kenya. Ooh, that's a lie. No, no, David. David, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you out, David. You ready? He was born in the United States, okay? And there's an announcement in a Hawaii newspaper in 1961 about his birth. So I'm going to ask you again to find out, are you more loyal to the truth or Donald Trump's racist lies? Where was the first black president born, David? Where was he born? interested in spreading racism? David, where was Barack Obama born? Where was he born? Come on. He was born in a hospital, I guess. Where in, in where in what country was Barack Obama born, David? He was he was born on Earth, John. He, he claims he was he claims he was born on Earth, Chris. He says he was born on Earth. Come on, it's David, really quick. It's a rumor. He, he was born in Hawaii. I wasn't there. Yes, he was born in Hawaii. And David, Donald Trump admitted that on September 16th, 2016, you just showed that you're more loyal to Donald Trump's racism and lies than the truth because there is no mystery. It's a simple question. But a certain kind of white man has a hard time answering. Rhonda, thanks for being with us. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. He really put a cherry on the top of my evening. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back, guys. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. And we are back at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. I'm John Fugelsang. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm so pleased to welcome our next guest back to the show. Natalia Reagan is a very funny comedian and an anthropologist and a primatologist and a producer and a host and uh, even a dancing McNugget in a TV commercial. Y'all might know her as one of the all-star co-hosts for Neil deGrasse Tyson's Star Talk. And every so often she joins joins the show to enlighten us with new installments of Shit You Just Can't Say. She's going to be performing in L.A. at Flappers Comedy Club on Wednesday night and the Ha Ha Cafe on Thursday. Natalia, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. You make it sound like I have too much of a life. <laughs> well, hey, it's nice to be. It's nice that comedy clubs are open for business again. I'm glad you're out there oh my doing goodness. the rooms. 
I'm very excited. It's good to, to, to hear people laugh in person and not just assume they are behind a screen. Um, yeah, same, but yeah. I, I, I aspire to have them laugh at my shows one day too. I'm, I've, oh, I've done God. some, they just don't, they just haven't laughed yet, but I, 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 I'm doing shows, but yeah. Yeah, you're doing them for the cats now, and that's great. I'm sure they're, that's they're it, loving really. it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to actually thank you. You and your and your lovely boyfriend came to uh, our big show in L.A., our big uh, pay per view taping did. last month, and it was so nice to have you all there. It was awesome, and my dad actually watched from home. He's a huge fan, so we we loved seeing everybody. In fact, the show I'm doing on Wednesday is with Hal Spark. So yeah, that's uh, right. That, yeah, so you, you guys were hilarious. It was good to see a crowd back in the theaters again. And nobody, there was no super spreader. We're all good. So <laughs> I'm very yeah. relieved to hear it. So I, I got to tell you, I, I've been dreading this because every time, every time you come on and do this segment, there's always some, you know, uh, part of me that, that doesn't know I'm not politically correct enough. And I'll, I'll use expressions like circle the wagons and then be told, no, you, you really no, shouldn't do that one. And no, no, you know, no. I don't want to wander too far off the reservation, but oh, I'm doing it again. So yeah, I, I look, and well, I know you, you just want to, you just want to put us down and collect scalps. I, I get, oh, see, I'm, I'm still doing it. So John. it's really, it's, I'm not good at this. And so I, I need all the guidance I can get. What is, what is uh, this week's entry into shit you just can't say? Well, this week's entry, first up, we've got peanut gallery, which is a what, term what? as a legume. Yeah, right. It's a term. What's that, wrong with that? Everyone says that. I know. It was. Okay. So I, if you know anybody, if anybody knows me, you know, I'll down a, a jar of peanut butter within two days. So as a mm -hmm. legume lover and as a woman on the internet who gets unsolicited advice 562 times a day, I used to love this term for those that heckle or give unsolicited advice. You call them the peanut gallery. Right. But it was first used uh, in a... um review of a vaudeville show back in 18 uh, this one was 1867 and um basically it was describing the poor so there's theaters in these you know vaudeville theaters the people that had the poor seats usually right. either immigrants or uh you know black audience members would sit there and um other audience members would throw tomatoes or rotten eggs higher higher ticket item food items uh, at the people on stage that they didn't like what they were doing but those in the quote-unquote peanut gallery would throw the cheapest concessions which were peanuts and right. so it was That's used why. as a derogatory term for the people live you know using these seats now you because might that's, have that's heard what it. they sold right they, that's what they sold at vaudeville shows would in the cheap these the are people cheapest, in the cheapest seats and it was yep. the cheapest snack they sold and this is what the poorest people would throw at at the performers Exactly. So it's like, you know, if the goobers were the cheapest item at the AMC, the people that were throwing the goobers, it would be, you know, the goober gallery. But uh, yeah, so that's how they got the nickname. And then, of course, you're we're a little bit young for that. But the Howdy Doody show, uh, you know, Buffalo Bob used yeah. that term to describe the little rowdy group of kids like, ah, you know, settle down, rowdy in the peanut gallery. gallery. Yeah. Which seemed rather innocent, but it actually you, has you kind of peanuts. You kids are peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we call kids peanuts. Like, I call kids peanuts all the time. Right. Uh, but yeah, so it, it has, you know, it, it's it's been debated whether it's either derogatory racial slur or those that are just poor, <laughs> poor people, yeah. which as a you know person that is, you know, self-identified as poor throughout my life, I understand. But I, I have a feeling it, it hedges more towards uh, a racial slur. And, and let's just, you know, I, I my backup terms for this, the alternates. Hecklers or Waldorfs and Statlers, uh, which, of course, were, were rich hecklers in the, in the Muppet show, but they were hecklers nonetheless. And and they would have thrown peanuts if they could have. And, and most likely, I mean, the people they're talking about as the peanut gallery are 
a racially mixed audience, right? A, a, a low income, racially mixed audience in the vaudeville houses of the 1860s and 70s. So inherently, there'd be a racial component to it, or at least a yes. race mixing component to it. So yeah, okay, this is something new to feel bad about. And I thank you for it. Yeah, I'm here to I'm here to not help. <laughs> no, the idea and you know, the idea of this, this segment is not to to make anyone feel bad it's just kind of enlighten you and you can make the decision i'm not going to come to your house and police you there's certain oh, yeah. terms that we know you just shouldn't say uh but uh you know we, we've talked about a little bit more offensive ones in terms of like circle the wagons or off the reservation uh but peanut gallery you know is something that is not as like ooh, egregious but still hey if you can be a better person and make people feel better why not why not exactly be a dick? no like, don't and, be a dick. you're you're not here to make anyone feel bad. I, I was raised Catholic and they, they, they do it for me. Uh, you had another yeah. one today, though, right? There's there's another I expression did. that I've got to. OK, just, you know, brace yourself. Just eh. right. OK, it's it, it's getting cold, right? So I went with Eskimo, which was a term used um, to describe multiple groups of indigenous people from different cultures with different languages. So they were kind of lumping everything together um, and without their input. Right. And so it's offensive to the people because they're like, wait a minute. Well, I didn't come up with this term. And, and by the way, the entomology of the word has been debated. It's some say it's Algonquin for only eats raw meat. Some say it means those that wear snowshoes. Others say it's a French word for uh, people who speak a different language that's Eskimo but so we don't even know where the word nest test technically came from but huh. it's not something that the indigenous people can relate to some and and, and the reading I did some will refer to themselves that way but only in the indigenous community they can use the term but if somebody from not the Arctic wanted to use that term it would be no no bueno no not okay so um the alter the alternative to, to Eskimo is actually get to know the person you're talking about and just and, and figure out where they're from, what is their tribe, <laughs> and use that term. Because like think of it this way. My grandmother's Scottish. If I called her English or British, I would have gotten backhanded. There's no way that would have flown. She was Scottish. That is what she identified as was, and that's you know, that's that's what it is. You can't just go ahead and just slap a label on it and be like, that makes me feel comfortable. Because wow. words do matter. Language matters. Okay, because what I always heard was that um, the ex Eskimo, many people in parts of the Arctic thought it was a derogatory term, mainly because it was used by racist colonizers who weren't natives. But also, and th th tell me if I'm wrong about this, some people thought that it meant uh, it, it meant godlessness because they said ex Eskimo is derived from the Latin yes. excommunicati, ex right? The excommunicated yeah. ones, meaning you're godless, so I get to be racist to you. You're correct. That is one of the different. So like the I Nick said, there's four way. different entomo entomological theories of where the term came from. And one of them is godless. So, again, I mean, this is just rude. It's just coming right. in and just like making up names and just slapping it on. It's kind of like when we talked about Johannes Blumenbach going in and going like, you guys in the Caucasus Mountains, you guys are attractive. We're going to call you Caucasians, you know, just slapping on labels left and right yes. without and, having and a little coffee. by the way i still i still struggle with that one too because you know after reading malcolm x i never wanted to call uh uh pink people white um you know <laughs> I, I i don't like the white black thing and uh and and white connotes some spotlessness some purity that i don't think uh caucasians have earned and caucasians has always been a great term because it's got two k sounds in it i learned in comedy school that's funny and um mm -hmm. but but you have you have told me i can't use that one anymore either it's can i can i say it's, pink devils can i say honkies yeah. can i say blue-eyed white bread motherfucker the man mayonnaise crusaders i mean there, i okay. don't know just that, you that's can, much you better can, 
Well, what it is, it's just inaccurate. You know, Caucasian is right. just, you know, it was meant to describe a group of people initially, you know, in you know Azerbaijan and uh, Georgia, uh, northern Iran, this area of the world. And, and Johannes Blumenbach also was like, eh, that, you know, but I wanted to include Western Europeans. So he just kind of added them to the mix. And, you know, it was it's just not accurate, you know. And so it's not yeah. it's a combination of and, and by the way, he went on to also give terrible names for um, people throughout the world that he he created a hierarchy of the different different quote unquote races, you know, I think it was uh, he had mongoloid, negroid, like these different terms that are highly racist. So, again, he was a schmuck. He he basically decided <laughs> Caucasians or that people in that region were the hottest people on the planet and therefore God created them first. And that's why he called them. Uh, well, that's what he called them Caucasians and said they were the highest of the order of humans right. and lumped Western Europeans in because it was convenient. Like, OK, yeah, you got to include them. Like you do. <laughs> right. And so that I know it's 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 frustrating because you're like, wait a minute, everything I learned is, you know, we got to sort of you know, recreate our history. And, and even, you know, your last caller, one of the things that really struck me is there was a, a poll done in, in 2020 about students and their knowledge of the Holocaust. And they found a whopping at one survey, 63 percent didn't realize that six million Jews were, were killed during the Holocaust. Yeah. So. That is terrifying. So, again, I, I take the education, even in small little doses like this, you know, hopefully your listeners don't completely shrug me off. But uh, even when I was teaching biological anthropology, which doesn't necessarily we cover eugenics and how terrible it is. Uh, it's kind of the you know, the ugliest part of biological anthropology. But I do have a part in it that included the Holocaust because I wanted to make sure my students, you know, who many went to public schools had that knowledge because I did not right. want them to get through this class and be one of that 63% that did not know about the Holocaust because that is how we have these Nick Fuentes's. This is how we have, or not Nick Fuentes's, but the people that follow Nick Fuentes because they don't know. Well, and, and it's also how we have these things like the, the Colorado shooting at an LGBTQ nightclub. I mean, yep. you know, this is a, this shooter had a homophobic Republican father and a pro-insurrection Republican grandfather and a Republican party that made it very easy for him to get a gun designed to kill lots of people really fast. I mean, this shooter was groomed. And what's been the most depressing thing, well, not as depressing as the as as, as the attack itself and the, the stupid, bloody, evil, senseless murders was seeing all these morally compromised TikTok videos and these alleged yeah. preachers and these alleged Christians rationalizing it. You know, whether it's Jenna Ellis talking about how these people are all going to be in hell because they didn't accept Jesus, whereas Jesus was never a homophobe to seeing these these horrible ministers talking about how, you know, they hating masculine men. In fact, the shooters meth addled father oh. who who was more upset that at the thought his son could be gay than the fact that his son was a mass murderer. I, I mean, it's it's really always a good time to have a talk about gender and masculinity in our country and why it is the straight guys that have these lethal hangups. Yeah, and I, I I say this, if you have a question at all about, you know, where are the masculine men? I wish we were like the forefathers. I want everyone to pull out a dollar bill and I want you to look at the guy on that dollar bill. He is wearing a ruffled shirt. He's wearing <laughs> hair neatly neatly powdered in a, in a low pony with a bow. I mean, that was masculinity. And no doubt that man was wearing capri pants with stockings 
Thank you. And high heeled sneakers. You know what I mean? Like this idea of masculinity has changed throughout the time, you know, history here in the US, but across cultures and throughout the world, even now. So, and, and even. This is why I wish that gender and real gender studies were, were taught even earlier than than college, because if we understand how, you know, even gender and gender roles were spread throughout um, the world by colonizers, we'd better understand how, you know, before colonization, gender was a lot more fluid. And it's I mean, it was, and it's still fluid, but it's now being looked down upon or judged in a way that is absolutely, of course. Um, you know, it, hateful you know people yeah. are just using it as an example you know an excuse to but to that brings hateful. us back to nick fuentes this is a guy who just can't stop being misogynist lives in his mom's basement admits to being an incel hates women for not being as accommodating as the ladies in the porn he enjoys and has called for oh. you know women to lose the right to vote i mean it's all tied into the homophobia there's mm-hmm. 1500 species on earth with documented same-sex relations and there's one species on earth that has mm-hmm. hang-ups about this Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk about that quite a bit because uh, it's Tell you me, know, it's a huge. Yeah. So uh, even our non-human primates, there's a lot of great examples of, uh, well, species across multiple you know orders and families in the animal kingdom. But in our own um, order of primates, we've got, you know, macaques. I always joke that uh, it's, it's, you know, a whole new meaning to, to suck macaque because uh, macaque males <laughs> love to have a little uh, 69 uh, rub and tug. Um, oh, my God. Uh, and females will have consortships with one another or spend um, and actually prefer the company of females. You see it in female gorillas that actually will spend, um, they'll actually watch a mating of, of a male and a female and then they'll go off uh, together and have some time to a little one-on-one, a little, um, you know, gorilla on, gor- gorilla on gorilla action. Uh, you see it in um, spider monkeys. Uh, you will see uh, fellatio. Um, and, and this is another thing I should That's note. Right. <laughs> but this is something that we have to remember too it's it, the people that do the science really do um inform how it's written about you know so for for years a lot of white hetero cisgendered men would write and say that this, this homosexual behavior was just just about dominance it had nothing to do with like pleasure right, right. it was just about diamond dominance but we're seeing now and now that no 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 they're clearly like bonobos putting the bone in bonobo i mean it and and they handle conflict by um getting it on and so like for instance if chimpanzees have a moment of of conflict they will fight to the death bonobos will uh, make love every which way from sunday and that's just not males and females together it's females right. and females males and males males and males will do um uh, penis fencing which is actually oh, the scientific yes. term you're welcome females will do gg rubbing uh, basically, they rub their lady bits together to create their own small fire. It's basically primate scissoring. Uh, and that is a way to kind of form bonds with one another. We see it in lions. That is the original gay pride. I'm telling you that. Uh, yeah. That king of the jungle is not afraid of a little spooning, sporking, or forking of the same sex. And uh, bison, really? oh my too. God, they're put, yeah, lions, buffalo, they put the bi in bison. They are just, and, and <laughs> buffalo actually are found to have longer copulations and more copulations with males because females are often uh, just want to do it once. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, the, the male bison are just like, Steve, Steve will do it with me all the time. So I'm just going to just go hang out with Steve. Giraffes, giraffe, male giraffes. I knew about giraffes. Sort of, yep. Yeah, they'll do that necking where it's like they take that 1950s necking in a car to a whole new level the way they tangle their necks together. It's very sensual. Dolphins, uh, dolphins. right? Dolphins are fiends. Yeah. Oh my God! Dolphins like blowhole sex, man, and and really? orca. Wow. Yeah, orca. Orcas are actually technically just big ass 
gay dolphins too. I mean, they they get down and freaky. Yeah. They're, uh, but is this is this you know I've heard I've heard some scientists and anthropologists say that in many cases, um, you know, this is nature having its own sort of population control. That we have all these documentations of uh, same sex relations within all these species because sometimes it's just a natural thing nature does to make sure that you know the breeders aren't overdoing it well the thing is with with behavior is it doesn't always have to be a goal-driven process and like things don't ever have to have like an actual scientific outcome or a reason to do it you know sometimes we just do things because we like it and that and it could be it could very well be because you know this is a way to sort of you know again keep population down um but also you know hey maybe they're getting their jollies and they like it and if it you know female is not in you know, estrus or receptive, or they're just not around, you know, in some cases, you know, it's a group of all males and they're like, well, Kevin's here. I'll go get a little something <laughs> from him, you know? So it doesn't necessarily have to be this, this like, oh, we have to have a big explanation set in stone. Um, but yeah, we do see it. And, and another thing to note is we don't generally say like an animal's that, you know, Frank, the penguin, he is gay. Because we don't necessarily know, I mean, unless Frank has only had sex with, with, with male penguins, but generally right. we would say it's more of a pansexual thing. It's more of a loosey-goosey fluid thing because, first of all, oftentimes we don't have our eyes on these animals at every moment of the day. And I always joke that the second I walk away from the monkeys, I don't know what they do. I have a feeling they whip out a chessboard, two martini glasses, and I just, you know, having the time <laughs> of their life. I don't, and then, you know, with me, they're just pooping on me and... and you know, but let me, let me ask you though. I mean, I, I get that. You know, obviously, we can talk about how the the same sex attraction in the na- animal kingdom is natural. Is the homophobia natural as well? I mean, it's a learned trait, and for whatever reason, Homo sapien males have these deep insecurities where they need to feel superior to other people. I mean, it, it, is cruelty inherent in our species? Well, so I think something to to point out too and you said homo sapien males have you know have this deep sort of homophobia it's cultural too right because there are cultures throughout the world that don't have the same amount of issues that we see in the west right and so culture is one of those things that i love culture because it evolves very quickly and therefore even though you have a maybe a something that you really wish didn't exist, it could quickly change over time, you know? And that's when you see things like, you know, countries become pacifist nations after a war or something like that. You see kind of this sort of spike quick change. And so I would like to see that here. But um, so, yes, we do have that um, propensity, but I think that has a lot to do with with a culture you don't and and like you said i, I it's a great question because i've never seen you know for instance like a spider monkey have losing its crap because another male like touched its ween or something right. or or two or like having too much fun you know like I'm, i i i've not heard of any primatologist state that or any biologist be like Same. you know the animal is throwing a fit because like ah, i can't believe you're doing this you know it's it's uh we also don't necessarily speak their language so there's that but <laughs> <laughs> Who well, knows? Listen, they we, could be having whole com- campaigns, but I doubt it. We are the we are the we are the schmucks of the animal kingdom. We are the ones that you know propagate the homophobia. I want to get to our our yeah. Well, we are, and that's why I want to always like you know see Kirk Cameron at Sea World running down to the gay dolphins screaming at the tank. You're not being natural. <laughs> but but uh, I, I I want to get a couple of calls. But before I do, yeah. I, can I ask you about survival of the filthiest? This is your yes. new podcast you're developing. Yes. And I want to say real quickly before I forget, I'm doing a story collider show next week, Tuesday as well. If you guys uh, love story slams, I'm doing a great story next week about a near death experience and you should listen. 
But Survival of the Filthiest is a new podcast coming out. And I actually have interviewed John a little bit in my car because I have the filthiest Toyota POS ever. And basically, we're going to be looking at different, uh, you know, topics that have been seen as or deemed gross, disgusting, weird, filthy or sexy. And uh, talk about why they are probably not as gross as you think. Or maybe they are. Maybe they're just absolutely trash uh but the first one we did we talked about um uh misophonia which is a fear of different sounds and it was a really fascinating talk about how basically certain sounds really set people off and why is that and is it really a fear of sound or actually um mirror neurons that are firing uh differently than other people uh we're gonna be talking Mm. about things like you know poop farts period sex um all sorts of uh heavy hitting topics but through a scientific lens with and this is premiering. This will be premiering next year. Yes, early next year. Flappers Comedy Club in LA Wednesday. Ha Ha Cafe in LA on Thursday. Please come back and see us and give me more uh, politically correct things I need to feel guilty about. It's really a pleasure. Thank you <laughs> so much, Miss Reagan. Thanks so much. This is progress. <laughs> <laughs>